Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, gold Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989-898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989-898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989 with an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989-898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. But while Joe Biden would allow rioters and looters and criminals and millions of illegal aliens to roam free in our country. He wants the federal government to issue a sweeping new mandate to law-abiding citizens. He wants the President of the United States, with the mere stroke of a pen, to order over 300 million American citizens to wear a mask for a minimum of three straight months. I guess this just happened. He thinks it's good politics, I guess. I hope you're enjoying the opening to Rock and Roll Friday on the Savage Nation. We've got a number of topics that I believe will engage your brain. We're living in terrible times. Any optimist today should see a psychiatrist. (laughs) Anyone who's optimistic, Jim, in these times really ought to see a shrink. I don't know. How could you be optimistic if you see what's going on in this country right now in the world? But okay, there are people who walk around with a Pollyanna view. And to them, everything's fine at all times. And you could say maybe they're gifted. I've never been that way. So here's a funny thing how the world works and how my brain works. I never know how things connect. I'm in the bathroom the other day. I'm not going to talk about scatological stuff. I keep a lot of books and magazines in that reading room. I just do. I find car magazines, classic cars, to be the most uh, salubrious in this regard. But I was bored of the same old car magazines because they're not selling the car magazines in in, uh, the bookstore anymore. So how many times can you read an old car magazine from like 2018, 2019, you know, with cars and, you know, so so I picked up a book that I had bought years ago called Wide Body, The Triumph of the 747, you know, the big airplane. And there's one picture and one paragraph that I noted, and I didn't know how it would fit in today, but it does. And it shows... A man named Robert Jones, I never heard of him. It says, a heretic at, at NAS, NACA, Robert Jones, a largely self-taught aerodynamicist, realized that he had stumbled on a fundamental key to high flight, fly, high-speed flight, the swept wing. But the NACA establishment disbelieved his theory. Jones was finally proved right and was vindicated by data brought back from Nazi Germany at the end of the war. So this man, a a self-taught aerodynamicist, Robert Jones, comes up with the swept wing for supersonic flight in a passenger liner. And, of course, that became, with the pod engines, the combination of swept wings and podded engines, an almost universally adopted formula later on in, in, uh, in the development of aircraft. So... The point is that there are geniuses out there, self-taught, some educated, some formally educated, some not formally educated, and um, they are the reason that we have advanced civilization. So I wake up 
yesterday, and I get a lot of stuff in the email box that I don't ask for from organizations and groups. And I will not read the woman's name because I don't mean to embarrass her, but I couldn't resist the headline. The headline is this, Diversity is Profitability, a Discussion of Sustainable Brands with an Email. And I say, what do you mean diversity is profitability? I feel like I'm living in in Brave New World, 1984, the Soviet Union. So I, I say to the woman who sent it to me, you mean whites need not apply? So she says, diversity does not mean anti-white. It means recognizing there are other races with their own culture outside white. So I say to her, how many cultures do you think comprise whites? You know, using the generic term whites is very racist. And she says to me, well, it's no more racist than saying black. We are of diverse descent as well. She meant descent. She said decent. She meant descent. She wrote decent. Uh, I said, we all know that. Then listen to what she sends me back. The politically correct term is diversity, as it includes everyone without labeling. I was shocked that she would use that term. So I say, I do not live in China. Do you even know where the term politically correct comes from? Mao Zedong's communist dictatorship, which resulted in 30 million deaths. Now, listen to what this woman who's pushing, basically, um, I don't know how you say diversity without saying racism, because to me, when you push diversity, it means exclude white males. That's all it means. It's a code word for don't hire white males or fire them, or don't buy from white males, only get rid of them. So she says, listen to this now. The phone you use was produced in China. The pharmaceuticals you swallow were made in China. Most of the clothes you wear come from China. The reason President Trump is having a trade war with China is most of what you consume is produced produced in China. So while you do not physically live in China, you live via Chinese products, she writes. The last time I checked, China is still a communist country. So I said to her, move there. You will enjoy your diversity. Are you this pathetic? All of the above were invented by white males. Where did you develop this jaundice hatred for whites? Listen to what she sends me. I want you to hear the revisionism that is going on in this country. She says, listen to this lie now. Not true, she says. Many of the things you use every day were invented and patented by black people, like the stove, refrigerator, modern furnace, air conditioning, typewriter, keyboard, and cell phone. You need to read my book to learn about diversity. Black patented inventions, what black people have added to this country, why America needs to update history books as our history is missing. So I said, is this woman kidding? I happen to know who invented these things. And I said, pathetic. Just sad you have such disdain for white people. I intend to read this interchange on air tomorrow, leaving you as a non, to spare you any further embarrassment, to show my national audience the level of hatred and ignorance that is being professed out there. So the fact is that the stove was invented in 1742 by Benjamin Franklin. Last I checked, he was not an African-American. The refrigerator was created and invented by Jacob Perkins, a so-called white man, mechanical engineer and physicist. He held many patents, among which was a patent for refrigerator. He's considered the father of the refrigerator. Uh, The idea for a refrigerator had come from Oliver Evans, a white man, also an American inventor. He conceived it in 1805. Typewriter, she says, was invented by African-Americans. In 1829, American William Austin Byrd, a white man, patented a machine called the typographer, which in common with many other early machines is listed as the first typewriter. The keyboard layout is attributed to an American inventor named Christopher Latham Scholes, a white man, and it made its debut in its earliest form on July 1st, 1874. Now, she says that African-Americans invented the cell phone. This kind of propaganda is something that used to go on in the Soviet Union, by the way. The Russians always used to say they invented everything. Now we're getting it from the minority um, pressure groups like this one. She says blacks invented the cell phone. All right, well, we looked it up. It was invented by Martin Cooper, a white man, American engineer, pioneer in the wireless communication industry especially in radio spectrum management with 11 patents in the field. While at Motorola in the 1970s, Cooper invented the first handheld cellular mobile phone distinct from the car phone in 1973 and led the team that developed it and brought it to the market in 1983. 
He is considered the father of the handheld cell phone. She says uh, African-Americans invented air conditioning in her book. Well, we looked it up. Uh, Willis Carter, a white man, is largely credited with inventing the modern air conditioner. I should add that Frederick Jones, an African-American, invented the first portable air conditioning unit. Mr. Jones had at least 60 patents on various inventions, including refrigeration for food transport trucks. Modern furnace. In 1919, Alice Parker from Morristown, New Jersey, African-American, dreamed of an idea for the very first gas furnace. Before that moment, there had been no central heating system created. At that time, homes were heated by individual fireplaces that had to be maintained constantly, night and day. Additionally, in order to stay warm, you had to stay very close to the fireplace itself, which was impractical, especially at night. So what I'm saying to you is we are now living through a Soviet-like era in the United States of America, where some minority pressure groups certainly do not want equality. They want to change history and they want to change history and create a superiority. This is the danger we are in. We're living through a Soviet era in the United States of America. And so I say to you, I found that book on the wide body that I bought years ago on the 747, and I made a note to tell the audience about the genius who, way back in the 1940s or 50s, a self-taught aerodynamicist, stumbled on a fundamental key to high-speed flight to swept wing, which was amazing, right? And then I get this stuff from this woman telling me stuff that I knew was false, And I thought I would share with you the kind of things that are going on in America today that is taken for granted as truth in the failed universities, which are now Marxist indoctrination uh, units in this nation. You have to be very careful with these people. They're very dangerous. Eventually, they will put you into an internment camp if you don't stand up to them. You know, back in December 15th of 1999, I wrote an article I think it was published originally in Newsmax, called White Male Inventions. And I want to read you a piece of it. Not to embarrass any other, ra- any other races, but just to set the record straight. And I, I began it like this. Trains, planes, cars, rockets, telescopes, tires, telephones, radios, television, electricity, atomic energy, computers, and fax machines, all miracles made possible by the minds and spirits of men with names like Ampere, Bell, Caselli, Edison, Ohm, Faraday, Einstein, Cohen, Teller, Shockley, Hertz, Marconi, Morse, Popov, Ford, Volta, Michelin, Dunlop, Watt, Diesel, Galileo, and other so-called dead white males. Science and technology and the economics of the world that we live in is what drives our nation and all of Western civilization. And what I'm about to say to you is blasphemy in this politically correct day and age, yet truth is truth. How long are we going to pretend uh, who created most of the modern inventions that we live through? The great majority of booms past and present have been brought about by the genius and inventiveness of that most despicable of genders, the dreaded white male, or to be exact by specific individual white males. Now, hold on now. This is not to discredit the many contributions coming from non-whites, but fact is fact. Our most important and consequential inventions have come almost exclusively from white males. Now, remember, I wrote this in 1999. I've been at this for a long time. It's a long time ago. And then I conclude with this. Curse me or all white males if you wish. That changes nothing. But if you call me a liar, you'll have to come up with the proof that I'm wrong. Remember, I didn't say that there were no important contributions by non-whites. I said the overwhelming majority. Of course, I know about such things as the Chinese and gunpowder but they didn't take it much beyond firecrackers and pyrotechnics. And yes, I know about the pyramids and masonry of South America and the zero of the Arabs. Would we have atomic physics or electricity if it hadn't been for the ancient Greek philosophers who, for example, had the idea that all matter consists of tiny atoms? Aristotle, 5th century BC, used electric charges to treat gout. Archimedes perceived the center of gravity of solids, cylinders, and spheres. From the basic discoveries of Greek Greek civilization, it went to the Romans. And after the fall of Rome, it passed to later Europeans who expanded on the scientific knowledge. I can go on and on. It concludes as such, my article. If you eliminate, suppress, or debase the white male, 
you'll kill the goose that laid the golden egg. If you ace him out with affirmative action, exile him from the family, teach him that he's a blight on humankind, then bon voyage to our civilization. We will devolve into a third world cesspool. Where has there ever before in history been a group of human beings who have brought about the likes of the Magna Carta, the U.S. Constitution, and the countless life-saving and life-improving inventions that we now enjoy? Ladies and gentlemen, I can conclude this sermon today on the lie of diversity being superior as a social form with this story. Seattle BLM protesters marched through a white suburb demanding that white people give up their homes. Savage. It is the Savage Nation. So look, here's the story. Here's the whole thing. It's Friday. It's Rock and Roll Friday. People are locked in their houses. They don't know where the next check's coming from. Trump, of course, just bailed out the states and everyone else. Uh, I told you we are all socialists now. This is the thing I don't understand. People don't get it yet. On, on a fiscal level, there's almost no difference between the two parties. We are all socialists now. Do you get it? He, first of all, most of you don't know that a lot of the loudmouth in the, conserv- loudmouths in the conservative movement, the loudest of them, some with fake universities, all got PPP money. Then they go on the air the next day. I'm for limited government. I'm for small government. I'm a conservative. They don't mean a thing. Nothing. You know how many of them got bailouts? As many as they could with their greasy little conservative paws. So there's almost no difference right now between the two parties. Trump just signed a bailout for the, for the states, including the Democrat states, and checks for everyone. So in, in essence, we are a socialist nation. Now, I realize after the sweep of history that I gave you, in my monologue, which was quite a good piece, that many of you are dumbfounded and you don't know what to say, so you're not calling the show. And I get it. I understand. If I made a a question like Kamala Harris, why don't you say Kamala Harris? Kamala Harris, oh, the lines would light up. I did Kamala Harris on Wednesday. I'm bored of Kamala Harris. Everyone knows who Kamala Harris is. In, In fact, if I said the words Kamala Harris from now until the end of the show, the ratings would be higher than if I continue to do my radio show. All I have to do is say Kamala and Harris. And you know, uh, that woman, Harris, whose first name is Kamala, you know, you got to ask yourself about Kamala. I got to do this for two hours. The ratings would be sky high. That's how the media works. But I can't worry about that. I have to live with me and my brain. So what I'm going to do for you is something different. I looked up the top titles of my top podcasts over the last 30 days, and I was actually shocked. The number one is, is it time to use the military to stop the Antifa mobs? The myth of white supremacy. Dems go full fascist. Do you approve, disapprove of Trump's federal police? The con men amongst us, left, right, and center. Hyden, Biden, would you vote? And many, many others. Those are the top draws on the podcast. Savage. So the show on Wednesday was by picking Kamala Harris as Trump and Trump. I remember I did it on Wednesday before everyone else started to. They were coming up with such ludicrous things about her. I said she looks like a centrist, but she isn't. She's very appealing because she's a good faker. The marriage was created by the. She's a Manchurian candidate, I said, basically. Kamala Harris is the Manchurian candidate that we have all feared. She comes from the farthest left reaches of the corrupt San Francisco demon cat machine that you could imagine. The string pullers in San Francisco that have destroyed the city and state handpicked her and put her in one position after another. They made sure she would win. And they forced her upon Biden, who was forced, his team, not him, his team was forced to pick a woman who happens to be non-white. And there went Elizabeth Warren. Pocahontas raised more money, but unfortunately her time was up because uh, a white ticket just doesn't play anymore in the socialist Democrat machine. So I asked, has uh, Trump been trumped? And I, you know, every poll, you say, well, polls don't mean anything. And I want to talk about that for one minute because here's the thing. Every poll is showing Trump is in trouble. And uh, <clears throat> they're showing us the same basic analysis now in polls that was there before the Clinton-Trump election. 
You say, well, look, he pulled it out then. He'll do it now. There's a big difference. And you know what the big difference is? Jim pointed it out. Jim said he's a, an incumbent now. See, he was not an incumbent. He was an unknown. He was a businessman. And no one knew who he was, and we all wanted a businessman to run the country like a business, not like a politician, right? So he did win. It was a close call. He didn't win the popular vote. Okay, we understand all of that, but he won. So although the polls are the same now as they were before the last election, the fact of the matter is he is now an incumbent. The virus hit. The economy's in, in shambles. We have the worst racism I have ever seen coming from minority communities in my entire life. And I've lived through the 60s. I have never seen such violent hatred as I am seeing now. Never. I've lived through a long, long road of this garbage. I've never seen such militant violence as I am seeing today. Now, whether that will work for or against Trump is anyone's guess. I don't know how that's going to work. Okay, so I'm not so optimistic about this. So today's show today to bring it up to today. What am I doing today? That's of any value. And here it is. The title of today's show is diversity is a code word for racism plus white male inventions. And if you missed my opening monologue, which is brilliant and found nowhere else, you can get it later for free about an hour after the show ends. The phone number here is 855-407-282. I'm going to take some calls in a moment, but first I'm going to give you two new headlines. And uh, I don't know if they're related. California communists propose a wealth tax, which would drive those who pay the most out of the state. I don't think you people understand this, all of you socialist communists, which is that if you want to tax households making more than a million annually, and you want to tax people's bank accounts. You want to tax people who have on their property, meaning the net worth includes everything, real estate. What, well, they're leaving real estate out. If you want to do that, you're going to kill the goose that laying the golden egg that you're all sucking off right now, you deadbeat bums, you. But this is being pushed by an outright naked communist. Assembly member Rob Bonta, D. Oakland, authored the bill. So now he wants to drive... The very small minority in California that pays the majority of taxes out of the state. There's nothing to stop the rich people of California to leave. Most rich people have homes elsewhere. And they push one more minute. Guys like Zuckerberg will just relocate to Florida. And he will not cash in his shares until he does. And will owe California nothing. Now, they tried this in New York. And even Governor Cuomo vetoed it because he understands what will happen to the state of New York if they drive the most productive citizens out. But apparently communists don't care. They'd rather burn a city to the ground uh, than not push their agenda. So let's take some calls on the Savage Nation this Friday. We'll play some nice music. I know most of you are burned out already from all of this. You don't want to hear any more of it. But don't worry about it. You just got bailed out by the administration uh, who has bailed out the states. I was praying Trump wouldn't do it. He did. He bailed out California. He bailed out New York. He bailed out Illinois. He bailed out all the Democrat states. It's heartbreaking. And on top of that, he agreed to give everyone more money. So tell me the difference between the two parties. You know what the difference is? Rhetoric. The only difference is rhetoric right now. Nothing else. Eric in New York, line two, you're on the Savage Nation. Thanks for the honor of talking to you. I've been depressed lately because I'm worried about my long-term care and how people who have Alzheimer's have to spend their money down to, in order for proper care of themselves. I did it for my father for five years, with, with his, and, he, and I moved in with him, and I took care of him, and I saw what, what emotional and financial situations I can go through. So what are you saying, uh if socialized medicine was there, I would have financial and other resources to draw up. Well, you know, but Eric, it's already there. Do you know anyone in America who was denied medical care? A bum in the street who arrived yesterday who could have just gotten off a bus. A bum gets into the best hospitals on the border. You know, this whole argument is nonsense. Our hospitals give care to everyone. So what is it you're asking for? I would like people to be have ordinary citizens to have access to medical care, no matter if they're zero to a hundred. Because but wait, wait, Robert, please, you 
uh, you didn't hear a word I said. Do you know anyone who was denied access to medical care in this country? But uh, but I don't want to get bankrupt in, the, in that situation. All right, so that's a different story. Are you are you arguing? If I can follow you, Eric, and what you're describing is an agony. Watching your father loses his memory. You. It rip, I could just imagine. You know, I I don't want to even go there. But okay, you know there are private nursing homes. Then there are state nursing homes. There's care available for everyone in this country now. But I have to do a Medicare trust for myself because I there's a look back. And if I give gifts to my, my trustees... You sound like a very sad guy, Eric. Are you alone in the world right now? Is there no one in the family to help you? Such a sweet bippy I am. I'm, I'm a 73-year-old elder orphan. It's sad. And I think you're worried right now, basically, that you're going to wind up in the gutter and broke, right? And living in some horrible... Like, uh, you know, I don't know. I almost used the word. I have but I money, but I... You, you would get care of some kind, Eric. Yes. I'm just sad about this because... All right, I hear you. You want the state to give you free care when you get older, right? Yeah, I, yes, but my tax... But, Eric, let me ask you before we go on. Listen, if you got sick, God forbid, right now, and your neighbor called 911, you would be taken to a hospital in New York... You'd be given great medical care. Yes, I get in Glenix Hill Hospital. I was taking good care of when I had my cancer. So what's the problem then? Because I will because it's because I see people getting bankrupt because of disability children and disability Ah, okay. What you're saying is they spend their last dime and they wind up penniless. Yes. All right, look, you're raising a very sensitive and important point, Eric, and I'm not dismissing you. I'm just needing to move on to another uh, a topic. 855-407-282. Ron in San Jose heard my brilliant monologue on um, inventions, white male inventions in particular. Ron in San Jose, line seven, you're on the Savage Nation. What's your point? Hey, Dr. Savage, uh, white versus black as far as skin color, isn't it moot because uh, the DNA that we're made up of, you know, we look at it and we're comprised of how I many of I don't know. Tell that to the Black Lives Matter movement. What's that? Tell it to the Black Lives Matter movement. They think that melanin seems to matter an awful lot. No, I'm telling you, doctor. Yeah, it's true. However, I mean, for us, you know, for conservatives to take that that point as well and say a white man invited it, a black man invented it, you know, uh, I don't want to play their game. I really don't. And I why not? Like if they're if they're playing the game by revising history and saying that. African-Americans or black people invented things they didn't invent. What, are you going to sit here like a dummy and say that's true now? No, I don't. I want merit But they're revising history the way the communists have done. I know, I know, but I want merit-based, and we got to change it. Well, we all want merit-based, but when you're sitting here and being told white males are the worst scourge on the planet and they didn't invent anything and they stole it from everybody, where do you think this leaves us? That's true, and that, that goes to another point to where when somebody makes a statement, right or left or whoever, in between, they say it with the conviction that it's already truth and, and, and canonized, that it, and it's not. You're right, so that's why I corrected the record. I was in a debate with a woman who was pushing the big lie okay. uh, about diversity and telling me that the, the, because of that, and she showed all the inventions, and it's not true, anything she said in her, in her emailing to many people. No, I hear you. I hear you. I think truth matters at the end of the day. Yeah. And what is my point? It's not to promote white supremacy. It's to unpromote the hatred of white people. Yeah. Thank, that's all. Next, that's next case. You're not going to make people feel that your cause is valid by lying about who invented what. And that is why I think it's very important to set the record straight. Because if every admission to every university is based upon not being white, which is what's going on right now, do you know what we're going to have in this country in a few years? Do you know what kind of shambles there will be in the areas that we need to sustain our civilization? Do you have any idea what happens with uh, affirmative action when it's carried to that level? I have an article here. Where is it? Um, on michaelsavage.com. Feds say Yale... That's a, once a great university, not a lock. Feds say Yale discriminates not against blacks, not against Hispanics, not against gays. Feds say Yale discriminates against Asian and white applicants. Of course they do. It's the same at University of California at Berkeley. 
Too many Asians were getting in based upon their brains and hard work. So it became almost entirely Asian, the admissions class. Well, the Soviet uh, politics uh, got involved there. The Soviet uh, bureaucrats got involved at the University of Berkeley, and they started to deny Asians, Asian-Americans at that, admission to the University of California at Berkeley, a once great university. And I earned my PhD there because it was the greatest university in America at the time that I entered in 77 in the sciences. It was number one in the number of Nobel Prize winners in the sciences, which is why I chose it. And I've seen the university go downhill the way so many other universities have been destroyed by affirmative action. So now the Justice Department has found Yale University is illegally discriminating against Asian American and white applicants in violation of federal civil rights law. Yale, of course, denied the allegation, calling it meritless and hasty. What does that mean? It's basically race discrimination that is being imposed. And the feds investigated and concluded that Yale rejects scores of Asian American and white applicants each year based on their race, whom it otherwise would admit. They're doing the same thing at the University of California at Berkeley against Asians and white people. And I ask you, where does this end? Quick side note, I graduated from Queens College in the City University of New York a long time ago. At the time, it was just another city college, but a very good one. One of the four or five, I think, every borough had one. And it was very competitive. It was on par with the University of Chicago. We used the 100 books of the University of Chicago for the basic core curriculum. It was very competitive. And... Um, after I graduated, years later, they started to produce the same kind of affirmative action. And Queens College turned into a junk pile, garbage, junk. And it took years for Queens College to turn around and dump the open admissions that they were, because it became a, a mental slum. They had to get rid of open admissions and make it based upon qualifications. We're now going through another downturn across America based upon race-based admissions. Savage. It is the Savage Nation here in the San Francisco Bay Area. We have a long-awaited heat wave, and uh, now they're claiming it's global warming. For like a month, we were dying from the cold and the wind, the fog, a nightmare. A nightmare for a month straight. Now that we finally have a high-pressure system, and the heat came up from the desert, oh, global warming, stay indoors, you're liable to die. Right. Oh, here's a nice little story. Dallas judge gives complete custody to mom who wants to transition her little boy into a girl. Eight-year-old boy, she says, is really a girl named Luna. A former court had found that there should be a joint managing conservatorship with the boy's father. But this new crackpot judge said that the mother who's been brainwashing the boy since he's little, taking him to LGBTQ parades, buying him dresses giving him wigs, enrolling him in kindergarten. There's a girl named Luna. She has sole custody over this little boy. This is America today. The Westwood One Podcast Network. Fans of the spoken word. Welcome. This is a podcast. Greetings, pod recipients. You are entering the Savage Nation. Read the book. See the movie. Warning. The Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. It is uh, Rock and Roll Friday in the Savage Nation. Well, what can I do? Get reminiscent now and think of reminisce when America was great before the communists took over and started to destroy everything from within. First, they took over the universities on their long march. Then they took over the newsrooms. Then they inveigled their way into government. And we have naked communists virtually everywhere, proudly exhibiting their hatred for the middle class, the worst amongst all of them. 
Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders is the enemy of everything America has ever been uh, built upon and stands for. And I try to point it out, and I get people on Twitter like David Kaiser who says, what's disturbing to me is I'm currently reading The Rise and Fall of the Third Reich. And he says, if one was to replace the Nazis with BLM and Antifa, we are currently repeating this fall of the Weimar Republic today. 100% right. We are like the Weimar Republic, only worse. We're far more pervert, perverted than the Weimar Republic, more degenerate than the Weimar Republic, more disintegrated than the Weimar Republic. And right now, the other side has their uh, violence and their agitators, and the media is owned by them. David goes on to say, To Live by Yu Hua, also a great movie that covers a Chinese man and family attempting to, to survive the historic changes in China. Or The Tragedy of Liberation, The History of the Chinese Revolution, 1945-57 to 57, by Frank Decoter. Then he says to me, Finally, Savage, you were the first to call it for what it is, a Bolshevik communist revolution. Why did I agree? Because I've read the Richard Pipes books on the Russian Revolution, along with Dr. Zhivago. I've read Mao, the untold story by Zhong Chang, along with the novel To Live. And now we wake up and we see the following. BLM thugsters in Seattle, marching and screaming and yelling, demanding white people give us your houses. BLM protesters demand white people give up their homes as they march through residential neighborhoods and demand white people give up their homes. Where does this end? Where does it end? Unless we have a strong federal governmental response declaring BLM and Antifa domestic terrorist groups, arresting the leadership, seizing their assets. It ends with violence. It ends with civil war. There's no two ways about it. So what the BLM thugsters are saying is that they're targeting neighborhoods that were called gentrification areas. They're saying these are black neighborhoods that you moved into. You took our land. We want it back. Now, what's missing from that uh, statement and analysis is quite simple. When the white hipsters moved into the largely once African-American neighborhoods, they were wrecked slums and the white hipsters were moving in because the property was cheap. What did they do? Did they trash the property, the hipsters, the good liberals? No, they took their savings, they borrowed money, they cleaned up the houses, they put in a fresh garden, they got rid of the garbage, they made the property worth more. That's what, that's what gentrification is called. It's called an investment of time, energy, money, and vision. What did these hipsters think? That the thugsters were going to let them live in peace because they gave them an S-eating grin? Because they said, I'm on your side, I march with you, BLM? Now they're coming for their houses. And so this is how it goes. This is a Chinese cultural revolution of sorts, a Soviet revolution of sorts, only it's an American version based on race. That's all. So it's race warfare combined with a class warfare combined with a few other warfares going on, and only one side is committing the violence. Meanwhile, the vermin, the, the worst garbage in the history of the world, the people in the media are making the vermin who are doing this Look like the victims. The worst people in the world right now are the news people. CNN, the worst of all of them, CNN, the worst. That's why I say Jeff Zucker should be put in prison for fermenting a race war in the country. And Trump has the power to do to Jeff Zucker and CNN what Abraham Lincoln did during the Civil War. He could shut CNN off tomorrow. He could make them turn off their signal. Despite all the outcries from the New York Times and other places, he could make them go dark. And he could throw Jeff Zucker in jail. Do you understand where we are? Do you understand when you have a craven madman like Jeff Zucker running CNN who is distorting reality and fomenting violence? There's a time to stop it. My opinion. One man's opinion. This is Michael Savage. The phone number is 855-407-282. We have so many things to talk about. Wealth tax, civil war, cultural destruction of America. White male inventions. I, I could say Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris. Harris, Harris, Harris. That's, a, that's, the, that's the topic that all oh, you want to hear about. Harris, Harris, Schmeier. I did it on Wednesday. If you want to hear what I have to say about Kamala Harris, go to my web. Uh, no, I'm sorry, my, my uh, <clears throat> podcasting. And it was Wednesday, August 12th, where I did the show by picking Kamala Harris as Trump and Trump. That's simple. I asked the question. I didn't say he had been. But I'm starting to think maybe he, had, he has been. 
starting to fear he may have been trumped. I also raised the question of whether the president should ditch a wonderful man who he has as a VP for political survival and choose a woman, particularly a woman who is, uh, let's say, of the right uh, stripe for America today. And there are choices. There are conservative African-American women. There are conservative people of Indian descent that he could choose. And this doesn't uh, look Mike Pence is a great guy. Wonderful man. Highest quality human being type that there is. But we're talking about political survival for uh, America right now. And I think they need to uh, trump the selection of the uh, San Francisco machine candidate, Kamala Harris. He won't do it. It's too late. Politics doesn't work that way. They would never get rid of Mike Pence. And that's it. And I'm afraid we're liable to see a disaster here. I don't know what's going to save the country. Will there be an October surprise? What could this what could the October surprise be that Trump could pull off that would turn the tide in our favor? Tell me, what could he do? What's the October surprise that could save this country from absolute and total communistic disaster? Because that's what's going to happen. How many months have I told you that Biden is not the real candidate, at least since March, maybe February? I told you he is a front man for the machine. I said, pay close attention to the woman of color he picks. She is going to be the president within six months at most. Well, of course, all opponents are saying the same thing now because it doesn't take a genius to figure out what, where this is going. There is now talk that Kamala, Kamala Harris, you don't allowed to say Kamala here. That's a term that's not politically acceptable. I thought it was Kamala, and I guess it's Kamala. I got to be politically very careful on Kamala now. Kamala Harris. Miss Harris, we'll call her Ms. Harris, I don't mispronounce it. Ms. Harris. No, we'll call her Senator Harris. That's better. Senator Harris. Can't mispronounce that one unless they detect something in my tone that's racist. Uh, somehow they could detect tone soon. They'll have a machine, a dog that detects tone. Senator Harris. There's talk now that Biden will drop out of the race altogether and Senator Harris will run because the polling is so high on her. She's such a good phony. The machine candidate that they picked and how they groomed her like the Manchurian candidate that she is. The whole thing from the marriage all the way up and down the line, all orchestrated by the most sinister forces in modern American history. So there's talk now that they'll take the senile old man out. They'll make her the front runner on the ticket and that she has a better chance of winning than he does. Could you believe this? <laughs> it's just unbelievable to me. Now, today is the 14th of August. It's normally a dead time in talk radio. I used to call these weeks the, uh, uh, it's August in the Hotel Ozone. Remember those way back days of the Savage Nation? It's, you know, Hotel Ozone at the Savage Nation. It's a slow time. People are on lakes, on rivers. They're out in the water. They want to forget all this crap. I don't blame them either. Who, you know, yesterday I was off. You know, I told you after I'm still healing from something that happened to me. And, uh. I need time off to try and let me tell you something about recovery from an illness or, or whatever happens to you. There is more than just medicine, more than just diet, more than just exercise. There's a thing called the soul and the spirit that must be healed, possibly more so than or equal to the other components of a human being. We're more than just a machine that needs medicine and vitamins and food and exercise, and oxygen, and clean air. There's another element to us, and that deep element, the mysterious element, is one of spirit. And a true healing cannot happen unless the spirit is healed. We, I don't know if many people know this anymore. Western medicine tends to deny that there's even such a thing as a spirit. They treat mechanical injuries. I mean, they treat all injuries as though they're simply mechanical. And of course, Western medicine is the greatest medicine on earth for treating trauma. There's no greater medicine on earth for treating trauma or serious infection or diseases. It's the best. But then if you're in a recovery state, whatever the illness may be, or however you want to put it, you've got to understand that the spirit itself needs to heal. Now, how do you change a spirit, your spirit, after decades of a certain way of living? I, that's the, the challenge, right? So people take up meditation. They take up guided imagery. They learn things like Tai Chi. They take up yoga, and this tends to heal the spirit. There's no question about it. 
And we have to be aware of these things. Those things are all very hard for me. I started to learn Tai Chi and I enjoyed it very much. Then COVID came along and I couldn't have the instructor come to my outdoor uh, deck anymore. So, you know, I, I forgot about it altogether. But I'm reminded of it now. So I did something for my spirit yesterday. I went out to sea on my boat. I went out. I was going to go all the way. It was like a really calm. We got the beginning of the heat wave come in. And it was calm and flat. Usually it's not calm and flat outside the Golden Gate Bridge. It's usually turbulent, windy, cold, nasty, potato patchy. I wanted to go to the Farallon Islands. I've never been there. Would you believe in all my years of boating on the bay? I'm basically a bay boater. Like most people with boats, no matter what they tell you, the majority of them never leave the bay, whether it's San Francisco Bay, Chesapeake Bay. If the bay is large, people generally stay within the bay. Some go further. Sailors certainly do. And make a long story short, so we start to head out to the land of the, white, the great white shark. Now, I don't know if you know, but one of my novels years ago, the first Jack Hatfield novel was called Abuse of Power. And I think it was an abuse of power, wasn't it? Where I have the Chinese communists throw one of their agents who failed them to the sharks. It was in one of the Jack Hatfield novels. I forget myself which one. It could have been The Time for War, where they take him out there and throw him off the rocks into the mouth of a great white shark. And although I've never been to the Farallons, I have researched them sufficiently to have written about them. But I've never been there. So I wanted to go yesterday. We get in the boat, and we start heading out. And, you know, we're pounding 18, 17, 18 knots, bang, 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 18 knots. It's not an easy ride, even though it was flat. Cross the gate, go out past Point Lobita, uh, uh, you know, Lobos, Point Lobos, I think. Um, Bonita, Bonita Point, sorry, where there's the lighthouse. And now the sea is flat and calm. And we start out, and we're about eight miles out, and we see fishing boats out there. And I, I noticed the difference in the nesting seabirds. They're literally floating on the water on the calm water. Normally, I see these seabirds here in the bay, and they behave much differently, obviously. It's sort of a different universe out there, and everything is calm and quiet. And I asked the captain who's running my boat for me right now, because it's given me a lot of calm to not have to run my own boat at all times. I just say, can you slow it to three or four knots? Just troll. And we're trolling at three or four knots. And I'm out in the flat, calm water looking at the birds, looking at the sky, looking at the... Uh, and I come to him and I say, hey, Pat, do you realize that most of the history of the world in seafaring was done at three knots, four knots, no more? That's the speed at which most sailors were going around the world and all their discoveries, three, four knots. He said, oh, I know that. He said, if they were doing five knots, they were speeding along. And it, it occurred to me how remarkable the world is at three knots as opposed to 15 knots. In other words, slowing things down and letting it all come in is another way to heal the soul. Savage. Pelosi has flowers in the brain. Did you hear what she did now? You talk about a woman whose brain addled. You got to listen to this. Listen to clip 15. You're not going to believe this. First of all, what I would like, and I appreciate the opportunity to do so, for everyone to give greetings to their, uh, their mail carrier. And if that means a, a, a flower, a bow, a wave, a note, let's show our appreciation for these men and women who connect America. Stop, stop, connect, stop, as they stop, say. stop, shut up. Is she crazy? Give postal workers a flower or a bow? A flower, a bow, I avoid my mail carrier. I call him the COVID mailman. Because I know, I mean, whatever he touches, I don't want in my mailbox. I need like Lysol if I go to my mailbox. Most of it's garbage mail. Do you get anything in the mail that you actually need? Everything of importance either comes by Federal Express or UPS or some express service. I get nothing in the mail that I need. The only reason Pelosi suddenly, and by the way, you talk about pensions we can't afford. There's a mailman in one place. You can't believe this guy shows up every day, six o'clock at night with mail. The truck spews carbon all over the street. It's dirty. It's loud. It's noisy, the mail truck. And he's always there at six o'clock on a Friday delivering the mail. A little OT, a little overtime. Why are they delivering on Saturdays and Sundays overtime? The, the U.S. mail may be necessary for people on government 
uh, checks or whatnot. But, you know, you can still get direct deposit even with that. There's I don't understand the mail thing anymore. It's a holdover from the Pony Express. Now, many of you may be in the U.S. Postal Service, and I don't mean to insult you. But the fact is, is that you are part of an kind of an ancient system. You don't really connect America. You connect a very small demographic of America to the government through government handouts and checks. But the fact is, is we can no longer afford the U.S. Postal Service. And the reason she wants us to give a flower or a bow to a postman is because she wants fake voting through mail-in ballots. That's the only reason this demagogue empress who created Kamala Harris is saying that. Savage. I don't know who wrote anything anymore. I know that, okay, knock it off. It's enough, great. I, it's Rock and Roll Friday. We're almost out of time. There's another article we're going to put up at michaelsavage.com that I think will really appeal to you, and it's sad. Pandemic has driven Americans to depression and drinking, according to the CDC. 31% of respondents were suffering from symptoms of anxiety or depression. 26% experienced symptoms of traumatic disorder. 13 using drugs or alcohol more heavily. Or the first time to cope with the pandemic. 11% of serious suicide. Then they go into, of course, the race. That can't leave that one out. Younger adults, racial, ethnic minorities, essential workers, and unpaid adult care get reported having experienced disproportionately worse, said a so-called mental health out expert who's a nut job to begin with. It's always got to do with ethnic minorities. They're always suffering. Every study, ethnic minorities are suffering. No one else is suffering. Levels of psychological distress relative to pre-pandemic levels Anxiety symptom. What are the anxiety symptoms? So you're stuck home alone. What do you want from me? And then we go into it. Here we go. People of color have suffered disproportionately from the pandemic in terms of infection rate. Well, I don't know if that's true or not, but I do know if you march in a Black Lives Matter march without a mask and you're screaming and yelling and you're spewing spittle at each other, you are spreading the infection. But don't tell that to Dr. Fauci or to Nancy Pelosi. They don't have to wear a mask. Suicidal thoughts were significantly more frequent among blacks. How did they know that? And Hispanic respondents than they were in the cohort at large? Ladies and gentlemen, most of this is rubbish. Most of this is false reporting. It's all fake science. The fact is, is that there is more depression and there is more drinking and drug use amongst all people during this pandemic. I wonder if talk radio uh, listenership has gone up or down during the pandemic. Robert, what do you think? More or less? People are stuck at home. Visit me online at michaelsavage.com with God's will and your listenership. I'll see you on Monday. Same time, same place. If you missed my opening monologue, you're not out of luck. You can catch it after the show in one hour on my podcast, wherever podcasts are found. The Westwood One Podcast Network.